Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. So jumping right in. Yes. <laughs> we are talking today about the heroine's journey, or sometimes called the maiden's journey. And kind of just as a com- continuation of the conversation we started a few weeks ago when we talked about the hero's journey or the heroic journey. Um, neither of us at that time, at least it, it seemed like neither of us had really dug in too deeply to the hero, heroine's journey. We knew kind of a little bit of overview and thought it would be interesting to just kind of dig into that a little bit more. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I wanted to say like, neither of us are experts on this topic. So sure. we're, we're coming at it from that kind of fresh look, but I think yeah. it's one of those that since it's not seen as often, it's all the more important to talk about it and to kind of bring it out in the open so that you recognize it when you see it. Cause I think that there's yeah. a lot of stories out there that do kind of follow that arc that we just aren't aware of. And then kind of connected with that, I also wanted to real quick talk about the framework for the heroine's journey. Because really, I've seen something that showed it actually as kind of two halves of a heroic journey. So basically, the hero's journey could be called the kind of outer heroic journey. And the heroine's journey could be the inner heroic journey. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these journeys, even in the same book, happen at the same time you have a character who's going actually through both or who's kind of doing kind of a hybrid thing or they continue on from the hero's journey into the next book into a heroine's journey so it's kind of good to think of it more as not like this or that but there could be elements of both that are used it could be solely one or solely the other yeah and then in connection with that the hero's journey looks at the masculine. So if we're talking about Jungian, kind of from a psychological perspective, it looks at the masculine. And then the heroine's journey looks at the feminine. But if we disconnect that from gender, we really all have elements of both within ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So I I think remembering that it doesn't matter the gender of the, the person going on the journey, the importance is kind of which aspect of the character is kind of undergoing transformation. Yeah. Um, so I, I just thought that would give a little bit of a framework to what we're talking about. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that and, and think it's so important to, to touch on that, that these are not competitive, that they can be complementary. Right. Yeah. I, absolutely. And it's not binary. It's completely yeah. open. I think it kind of gives a little freedom to it as well that you can kind of use it however you need to and then you can see it in story in places that are a bit surprising actually so it, i wanted to do a little bit of history do you do yeah I, I think that would be great because <laughs> i was like it's kind of fascinating and absolutely it, okay go ahead. and kind of funny and reactionary I think. oh yes i got yes. angry <laughs> So I am actually going to mention the quote I think you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah. So basically, Maureen Murdoch, as she was going through, she did a lot of therapy and she was an expert in kind of Jungian analysis um, and also mythology. So she, she had read um, Hero with a Thousand Faces and worked directly with Joseph Campbell. And from her research, she created the heroine's journey and she wrote this book called the heroine's journey 
women's quest for wholeness in the 1990s. And she sent it to Joseph Campbell and his response, <laughs> his response to her work was that women don't need to make the journey. In the whole mythological journey, the woman is there already. All she has to do is realize that she's the place that people are trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> what a comment. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like so pissed at that quote. I was like, what the heck? I am not just some like fair maiden in a tower sitting around waiting for someone to like get to me. You know? you're, you're not the destination. Yes. Like, oh. and, and I think it, you know, one, I think it was dismissive in yeah. a ridiculously just completely blind yes. kind of way. And there's lots of things that suggest that his opinions on women from a gender perspective are very misogynistic. And I, yeah. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone yeah. um, based on things that he said. He had good things to say, sure. but that has some baggage to it. But in addition to that, just not recognizing that someone is telling you that yeah. you don't have the full story right. and then you're like no mythology all the stories that were written long ago by men right didn't mention that right so like so it's obviously not so true it's not a thing <laughs> and you're like wait like yeah and i think i think that people you know from a perspective of you know, looking at the hero's journey, I would say that regardless of gender, that I think sometimes hero's journeys do fall flat because yeah. it's not it's not the full story. It's not the full journey that we as human beings go on. Like it, it isn't, it doesn't run the gamut of experience. <laughs> it's just one yeah. sort of experience. And, and I, we're not tearing that down by saying that. We're just opening it up to being like, no, there might be some more there yeah. and that you might want to explore. <laughs> well, and, and even there's, in addition to the heroine's journey, there's actually the, like a fairy tale heroine's journey that's yeah. even kind of, it has unique things. We'll, we'll not necessarily dive into that, but I, I will link it in the notes that have unique things to that too. And so I think even just kind of, myopically not realizing that he was basically shutting down an entire <laughs> experience um, just on his own analysis. It wasn't his experience. Yeah. Exactly. His own experience or his analysis of work that's been done historically just seems right. very dismissive. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about this as well is just like a lot of, you know, Joseph Campbell's stuff did come yeah. from Jungian type of analysis. This also came from that, but working specifically with women, which yeah. I think opened up what the possibilities were. And and as I think yeah. we we would say historically, perspectives usually have been presented very narrow um, yeah. and based on a very particular group of people. And so opening that up and having it based on actual analysis from therapy that's been done yeah because the reason why therapy is a good place to go to when we're talking about like characters and writing stories that are believable is because it's based on actual the experiences of human beings and the emotionality of human beings and what their sure. life truths are and that's what we connect with i think in story is is those truths within it 
Yeah, those truths that are universal across experiences. Exactly. Um, so in addition to <laughs> that very interesting um, <laughs> opening by uh, Maureen Murdoch, Clarissa um, Pinkola Estes was she also um, is involved in Jungian analysis and she wrote The Woman Who Run with the Wolves, which she's also a storyteller as well. Uh, so she writes stories and was yeah. a Jungian analyst. So she was able to kind of bring that st those story elements and she has a family full of storytellers into the mix as well, um, kind yeah. of bringing that, the meta analysis of the wild woman archetype. And that book is like, I mean, it is dense. Like, yeah. I, I, I've been reading it for a year and I'm not finished. Yes. You know, because, but it, it is because there's yep. so much psychologically there and it yes. so much even from a story framework there. Like, it just feels like the kind of thing you want to gnaw on yeah. for a long period of time. Yes, it is. It's an amazing book, actually. It's really good. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's often we almost like want the quick thing that, you know, will yeah. all of a sudden give us in 10 steps the answer. But I think when we have that nuanced yeah. understanding, because as we talk about story structure, like even something that I interpret, someone else could come at that and be like, no, that doesn't fit within that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think having that kind of nuanced and layered view, I, I think is important. And, yeah. and that's why I think as we're talking about this, this is kind of a initial conversation yes. that I think we could have several more over time sure. um, as our knowledge of it grows to like continue to discuss additional nuances as we, yeah. as we go along. I think that's such a good point though, that like this kind of stuff is so nuanced and there is so much there. Like, I mean, we often break the hero's journey into, down into these like clear steps and this yes. like clear story framework and and it does kind of fit in that but also there's a lot there that's not included in those 10 steps necessarily yeah. and like and I think the same is true with like you can find outlines or 10 steps for the heroine's journey too and and yet really like when you dive into it there's a lot more there too beyond just these here's the story points you need your plot needs to hit or whatever you know like Absolutely. like I think Women Who Run With Wolves is not a structure book at all yes. like it is not a story structure book but it can lend itself to helping you with your story structure and your even more so your psychology of your characters because it is just so rich in in story and in psychology i think the marriage of those two is is yeah. incredible someone with expertise yeah. both. like that's just amazing <laughs> to me i totally nerd out <laughs> i totally agree well and this one like the hero's journey also has gone through so many several iterations, iterations. Yeah. yeah and even trying to find a definitive one. Yes. You have Maureen Murdoch's cycle, which is really a spiral. Yeah. And then you have one that was kind of broadened from the original um, one by Victoria Lynn Schmidt um, in her 45 Master Characters book, where she did the heroine's journey arc. And it kind of is a little bit more open um than yeah. the original one and if you're okay with it i i'm just gonna go through it like we did with the hero's yeah. journey and just list them out um and we'll also link both charts so that yeah. anyone who is interested in kind of exploring it further um, can look into it did you come across um the virgin's promise to kim hudson's no i i didn't so that was another like variation that i hadn't heard yeah. of before because I, I knew of those other two but this one was a different it's like 13 steps. It was kind of an interesting one to look at too. 
we can put in the show notes, but awesome. We'll we'll definitely link that in. And that's I think like anything, when you know, we we're talking about how the force is defined in Star Wars, I think it's similar in that you take the one that speaks to you, like yeah. and and it's not prescriptive. You're, a story wouldn't have to like perfectly fit into right. any of these. It's just kind of a map or a kind of framework that you can use if it fits and if it makes sense. Yeah. Um, even the stories that we use, some of them fit more perfectly or more imperfectly on different ones. And I think it's just good to remember that. <laughs> um, I totally agree. Okay, go for it. Do you have yep, one? Yep. So Schmidt's uh, Heroine's Journey arc uh, starts with the illusion of the perfect world. And then it goes into betrayal and disillusionment. Um, so something about the world or the experience of the heroine in that space, or the, it could be a hero, causes that feeling of betrayal, disillusionment. Then the awakening and preparing for the journey and in some of them, it includes kind of a disconnect from the feminine and kind of a disconnect with the mother figure. The descent, um, which is passing the gates of judgment, and this would be kind of the trial, the road of trials, going through the internal elements of kind of fear and abandonment, guilt, shame, being in the eye of the storm, and then death and all is loss, which in this one, I find it interesting that, you know, comparing it to the hero's journey, like these beats could feel very similar, yeah. but they happen much earlier. And obviously they can happen in different orders. Uh, support, which it usually means like support from the goddess or kind of connecting with the goddess, which could be actually connecting with themselves. It could be connecting with something fundamental, um, rebirth and moment of truth. And then returning to the world, seen through new eyes. And in the original one by Maureen Murdoch, you'll see different kind of terminology and it will feel a little bit more um, connected. A little more psychologically exactly. driven rather than exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, and this one felt a lot more like, it felt like a beat. Like mm -hmm. it felt like you could figure out the beat. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily that it, it didn't involve like words like, the masculine and the feminine necessarily, but I think looking at it from that perspective can be helpful too. But I liked that. So, so really the, when you compare the two, the heroine's journey is a lot more about finding wholeness, finding balance, finding that like reconnecting those parts of yourself. So if we're talking about, we've talked about Mulan before because it's a yeah. hero's journey, but it's also a heroine's journey as well. The, and it's part of it, you know, like leaving the feminine world and going to the masculine world, but integrating, finding that integration between the two at the end would be that end point of coming back with new eyes, um, yeah. which I loved that as I was looking at examples, how many kind of could fit within both. Yeah. It was like they fit within the hero's journey, but they just had something additional or yeah they went into the next one with kind of that internal aspect of getting that integration and balance as well. Uh, it's yeah. not just that feeling of achievement and success and you get your, whatever your reward <laughs> is. Your reward, your woman, apparently, because yeah. that's all we're good for. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. But I think recognizing that in some ways, like it's just, 
it's a one-time thing and then you get your reward and then it's done. Like what's great about the heroine's journey is it's going into that innermost place and finding balance, but that, that work is never done. And really it's, you can go into your next layer or, or spiral of that then journey of learning something new and integrating yourself even more. You're never at the end point where you're like, the confetti is going and you're like, woohoo. But I do think in some ways that that's why the hero's journey can feel really super rewarding because it feels like this total win and you have this almost like psychological high. Well, it's Um, really easy to see those external, you know, like those external events and those external victories and all that. Internal work is so much harder to show and to really like, see it absolutely well and you think about so we were talking about the hunger games before Mm -hmm. um that i feel that katniss's journey although it starts as a hero's journey i think it shifts Mm -hmm. you know going into catching fire and mocking jay into the heroine's journey um at the end you don't have this giant celebration you have kind of her coming back to the world and deciding that you know she is able to see her life enough to the point that she can actually see a future and potentially move forward from the experience. And I think looking at it from that perspective, you know, Mockingjay isn't everyone's favorite (laughs) often. I love that moment though, because it feels so earned, like that happiness that they scrape together out of the pain of before um, feels human to me. Like in a way I, I cried immensely. I was very emotionally attached to that ending because I think that there's something that that does echo the truth of our lives that often you go through it and there's there is no huge reward at the end. Like your reward is like, oh, you got there and you are you know, you survived. Like you survived and you have new well, new change at life. And, yeah. I think that that's something that I keep coming back to, like as we look at and both of these structures and really just any story structure is that really what a story needs to show is change. Like, and, and the really good stories will show kind of both external and internal change. And and I think that's what you get with Hunger Games is you get some external change and also some internal change too. A lot of internal change. Absolutely. There was another example that I thought was actually really very clear. Um, Have you seen Brave? Yeah. Yeah. So the Merida story actually brought up Maureen Murdoch's, it feels like they like we're looking at it yeah you have the distancing from the mother you have all of it (laughs) and it's this sword going through this tapestry that literally is cutting them off from each other Mm -hmm. um someone was very much in tune with that (laughs) and i think that there's something like to me as as a daughter i felt really connected with that tension that um inner struggle of kind of figuring out that um whatever that ability to balance your adult self with mm-hmm. your parents and yeah. them having very specific ideas about who you where, are, what, <laughs> where you fit and like, what you yeah. should be doing. Yes. And maybe not everyone has that exact same experience. I'm, I'm not trying to prescribe that sure. to anyone, sure. but there is something that I think many people can look at that and see some similar tensions where they had to basically go internally, maybe even step away from the relationship to figure out, you know, who they were specifically, and then come back with all those parts of themselves 
that were at war figuring out who they are. And yeah, I really like Brave. Yeah. I kind of, it's kind of sad to me that it doesn't get talked about more or that it, it doesn't seem like one of the more popular ones. We wonder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder about a lot of things about that. But yes. And I think in one way, it is kind of this standalone type of film in the Pixar kind of vein. Yeah, yeah, of films that maybe people went into it expecting something else. Because um, sometimes something different takes us by surprise. Yeah. But I think it's a fabulous story. I wish it was covered more. And I think it's one really well worth studying yeah. to see what the patterns are behind that. I feel the more we tell stories that are different, the more we put them out there, then that will become part of the kind of accepted this is what stories are. Yeah, the canon of yeah. story and what yeah. And so yeah. I think by telling the stories you're also kind of widening the ability for people in general to accept the stories. Yeah. I hope. Well, yeah. And what's interesting is as I was doing as I was getting ideas about examples that I wanted to bring to this, there was a couple that came up that all of a sudden, like my mind just blew. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those is the Matrix trilogy. Because um, yes. if you actually look at it, all th- uh-huh. three movies, yes, first one, you could put it directly into Hero's Journey. But Neo's, the rest of his journey is actually all about the balance in the matrix between the oracle who's the mother and the architect who Uh is the masculine within the world of the matrix and there's a reason why at the end of the matrix the matrix is not blown up it's not um exploded and destroyed it's left but it's in balance now like there's creativity and light rather than it being the sickly green he himself makes a different choice than any other one coming, you know, or who, who went before him ever did. Um, he rejected the masculine and made a choice from love. And so when all of a sudden I, I had this idea because um, one of the directors had mentioned, and I'll, I'll find where the quote was, that it was about transition and transformation. Like that was the story. And so it sparked then in my mind, I'm like, transformation. And so I looked into it and, and kind of went through the story beats and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, it's actually partly a heroine's journey, which, which is, you know, we've talked about Wonder Woman being both mm-hmm. technically divergent in the book. I think could be one um, a heroine's journey i think the movie if you look at it beat by beat it, it feels more like a hero's journey i think yeah. they might have stripped out um, some of that internal stuff yeah mm-hmm. some, some of the internal things um but definitely by the end mm-hmm. i i think that where she comes up with you know the there's abnegation with the dauntless and then the sure. balance that balance in, in herself of, yeah. um yeah definitely feels to me like like it's that end sequence of the heroine's journey that's interesting and then i came across um actually lee Vardigo was talking about how her original grisha series followed you know to the letter the hero's journey and mm-hmm. how when she was writing six of crows and crooked kingdom she wanted to tell a different type of story and it was interesting because i was thinking about kaz 
Um, Kaz is just such an interesting character yeah. in general. And his, the solution to who he, like who he becomes and who Inej becomes, um, mm -hmm. the two of them kind of reach this interesting balance at yeah. the end. Um, both of them are kind of at war between two different things throughout the story. And even though their stories are a little bit consolidated since it falls follows so many characters sure it, it at least has a lot of beats from the yeah. hero's journey um that's interesting within that which like what i thought yeah I, I wouldn't have thought of that but yeah right <laughs> when i found <laughs> that though it's funny how we can read stories that that have that kind of structure to it and not necessarily be able to tell yeah. um which i i think is it means that i think that there's a lot of layering nuance there that it's like yeah. I, we could probably make it fit different structures but seeing like the intention beside behind it of yeah you know what is the intention of the story where does the character get to at the end is it mm -hmm. that definitive when the mm -hmm. you know coming back um, having like won the day, yeah, <laughs> getting the medal yeah. or the girl, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. I, I actually like when I it was, it's so, so absurd that you almost like what a like you just have to keep pulling it out. It's like, like yeah. <laughs> seriously, dude. <laughs> but I think starting to look at like where do stories need to end? Like how yeah. do they need to feel? And you know if you need your your win that's that's perfectly fine like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean that you can't have that well in a story and, that you're telling a really external story a really yeah. heroic journey story like yeah you you need that win at the end otherwise it's gonna feel odd or fall flat like or be unsatisfying but if Absolutely. you're telling a really internal story and you have <laughs> this really external victory at the end all of a sudden it might be a little odd <laughs> like, <what>? not quite <laughs> work exactly it needs to ring true i think yeah. um yeah within that and so i was watching some someone who was actually talking about the heron's journey from the aspect of kind of art in our lives and how important it is and sometimes the rejection of the feminine um, in today's day and age we forget of the importance of intuitiveness and yeah. creativity and the inner shadow work that we need to do and I liked this quote, so I thought I'd just yeah. read it. We need heroic tools to take us inside, beneath the surface. The gift of insight, hope, a dream, a new perspective, a new attitude, a stronger connection to intuition. And I liked that it kind of encapsulated some things about like the the feminine from a journey, uh, heroine's journey um, perspective yeah. in a bunch of words that felt to me at least like they sparked kind of ideas and emotions yeah. and, and I think linking it back to that things that are instinctual and intuitive things that aren't necessarily that external tool that you can use like a like a hammer or a sword someone actually in one of the things quoted you know, if the only tool that you have is a hammer, you start to see everything as a nail. And I think that also is kind of representative of, 
if our stories only say one thing about what the world is and what, what we can do as people that all we can do is go out there and take our sword and kind of, you know, fight rather than reaching wholeness, reaching balance, kind of reaching in within ourselves and doing the work. I, I think we'll start to believe it. And I liked that all of the things I found were just so open in terms of the, you know, starting to explore the, these things more and more and more yeah. in story, be it film, be it um, fiction, will just help round out the world <laughs> in yeah. ways that are important and useful. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So broaden your horizons, study different story structures, not just one. Look into uh, what you can learn from other stories that are not your own and other experiences that are not your own the world will be better for it your stories will be better for it (laughs) and as you do that keep reading keep writing keep exploring and keep putting your work out into the world we hope you enjoyed this conversation and if you did that you'll leave a review or a comment um or come find us and connect with us on instagram we would love that and yeah keep doing the work world needs it yes